guys ready? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Here we go again. It's uh, Picky Boss of Matt here, and we're going to talk through some albums and celebrate how I am always right. <laughs> and, and so... We're joined by uh, the resident picky bastards over in Manchester, Nick. Hello. Hi, Nick. Hello. And Fran. Hello, Matt. You are also a resident picky bastard, just so you know. Today, well, yeah. I've worked out you've today in... been on more than normal, so you are you've wow. now been the third longest serving picky bastard. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're back at hometown or home city. That's true. Yeah. Although you're not like at HQ at the moment. No, I'm in Hebden Bridge with the flu, and I'm dying, so it's fun. Great. It means, well, maybe that'll improve your opinions today. Yeah, I formed them all in the last 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about today um, six six more albums. They're going to be US Girls in a Poem Limit, Unlimited, Idols, Joy as a Form of Resistance, Big Red Machine, Big Red Machine, <laughs> uh, Blood Orange as Negro Swan, Sugar Cubes, Life's Too Good, and then I'm going to tell you about LCD Sound System. Sound good? Sounds sweet. good to me. Yeah. Did I just say sweet? Yeah. Yeah, by the way, Matt just became a doctor, so I don't, you know, a doctor of science, which is obviously not quite as good as being a real doctor, but he is a doctor, so yes. congratulations, Round Matt. Round the music. Absolutely. Yeah. See, that's why I'm always going to be right. Well, I've been right. a doctor for like 10 years and I'm, you always claim I'm wrong, so I don't really buy that. Well, well, it just anyway. means Fran's the least qualified, then. Ah, that's where we were to get to. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, anyway, so I'm going to start by asking Fran a question. Um, which album gave you the most emotional release? Right, well, I went back and forth uh, between two albums for this answer and uh, because we've been delayed... In recording, I've actually settled on um, Idols, um, okay. which is Joy's an act of resistance. And I think the reason why is pretty much summed up by the album's title, Joy's an act of resistance. Um, I think because some of the best songs on what is really an angry album about modern society are actually using Joy as a celebration. Joy and Celebration, so is a tool to overcome all the shit that's going on. So just for some examples, television... There's a song about the unhealthy expectations placed on women by the media, and it repeatedly tells you to love yourself. Scum kind of revels in the idea of being considered lefty scum because you give a shit about other people. Um, There's a song called Great, which is about the nightmare of Brexit, and it has the chorus, Islam didn't eat your hamster, change isn't a crime, so won't you take my hand, sir, and sing with me in time? So, you know, (laughs) brilliant. And then the main example, I'd say, is uh, Danny Nadelko, which... um, it's got to be one of my songs of the year so far. Um, it's Was that a disagreement or just a cough? That was just a cough. Um, <laughs> a cough I would have so, cut out if you hadn't mentioned it, but thanks. Right, okay, well, it's a cough. <laughs> so it's um, Danny Delco's kind of a completely joyful celebration of immigration. It's uh, written about one of, well, the title, Danny Delco is uh, one of their friends who is a Euro- Ukrainian refugee. refugee. And, um, and the song just names countless examples of inspiring immigrants, and it's just a massive celebration and a and a call for unity so that's one reason this was a big emotional release and then the other is that it's absolutely fucking hilarious at times um there's a song called never fight a man with a perm which is amazing mm-hmm. and there's funny lyrics throughout the album but i'm just going to give you one example of their funny lyrics which is brilliant it's kind of a song about standing up to the bully in the town center and 
the uh, the verse that I loved is uh, me oh my me oh my Roy you look like a walking thyroid you're not a man you're a gland you're one big neck with sausage hands you are a top shot tyrant even your haircut's violent you look like you're from Love Island you stood and the room went silent so brilliant so yeah big emotional release for me and also I, I'm going to make a big claim here I say it's a it's a contender for album of the year for me so yeah I could do a whole podcast in it but well I'll stop now uh, someone else let us know. I wrote that line down and and thought Fran is really going to like this line just for the thyroid <laughs> bit. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, who Do wants you to wanna, go? You can go, Nick. Okay, so um, it's, it's surreal because this is the first time where we've not, where at least Fran and I have not been in the room, in the same room together when we're recording, and yep. yet Fran has stolen so many of the comments I would have made about this album. It's as if he's reading my fucking notes, which is out of order. So, <laughs> there you um, go. The first thing I'd say is the overarching thing is this is easily an album of the year contender. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how. I don't know what else is there. There are some other ones that are in the running, but it's 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 not going to be. Um, there's nothing's going to come out that's going to blow this out of the water. I'll put it that way. This this is an astonishing album. I thought really really fantastic. Yeah, the energy is totally amazing throughout. But it's actually lyrically that it shines most, even though I think musically it's it's very very engaging and, and you know and sort of furious and frenzied, which is fantastic. Um, there are, I think my favorite album, my favorite song on the album is I'm Scum. Um, yeah. And it has some incredible um, little vignettes. Like, for example, um, I think it says, I think the, I can't write the one of the words out in this line, but I think it says, I'll sing at fascist until my head comes off. I'm yeah. Dennis Skinner's Molotov, <laughs> which is absolutely dynamite. I mean, yeah. Really, yeah. One, one, two, three, four, five words, and what a story it tells, you know? So, absolutely genius. Um, amazing, absolutely amazing. And, um, I'm very, very disappointed to say I missed them live. Um, and Fran's now going to rub it in by telling me how great they were, which he hasn't been able to yeah, yet. Yeah, well, all right. I was going to wait till the end, but okay. Gig of the year, I would say. Um, yeah, really? Oh. Absolutely incredible. Um, I know somebody else was saying well on their Facebook that it was, they were the most important band in Britain right now. Which yeah, I and I think they are possibly, I mean, at least the most exciting band in Britain at the minute, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the gig was amazing. Like, there's so much energy, and and they did a co- they did a cover of um, Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You," oh, really? which was like the first time that song's ever been tolerable ever. Do you so, know that, do you know that, that you know my story about that song? That's actually my worst song in in history. That's my absolute well, most. I don't think it would have been time. that night. I don't think it would have been no, that night. I that, think if they like, can turn that so, around, then they're, then the greatest yeah. band ever, in my opinion. Yeah, so <laughs> that's incredible. Um, and also, yeah, I thought I thought they were frequently um, absolutely hilarious. But I also wanted to say that they actually do some something really remarkable at one point, which is um, I think the song's called June. Is it? Is that? Is that one? Yeah, the one about yeah. the stillborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which just demonstrated that in fact they they're capable of also doing songs which aren't hilarious and aren't yeah. aggressive and still say something really profound. So um, yeah. you know this this repeated line, "Baby shoes for sale, never worn." Um, do you know that that is a Hemingway short story? I didn't know that actually. That no. is that is the shortest story ever written in the history of short stories, and it, well, it's a, it's it's often credited to uh, Hemingway. There's a bit of argument about that, but it is the shortest. Okay. Shortest short story ever written, but they they still use it brilliantly. Yeah, and it is. Do. That's they an do. amazing song, and I'm not gonna, I'm not trying do. to take think, that away I from him. I think the whole of that is just it just indicates a real subtlety to the way they write, which is actually more um, thoughtful than you might expect out of a band that's kind of a post punk band, really. Which you know you expect them just to be angry and shouting all the time and they do something else very delicate so yeah that was a high point as well for me but yeah i can't say enough good things about it really it was absolutely stellar absolutely stellar. and do you think that's also that sort of emotional side of it the other like the darker side of things um is that 
I think that's quite a big step forward from the first album, which I liked as well. But yeah, and in fact, that, that was new for them to do those sort of really sort of um, intense, slower songs that were, you know, more which weren't humorous and weren't sort of, um, you know, witty one-liners and stuff. So yeah, I think that's a, a yeah. big step forward for them. It is. Although I will say, I, I felt very um, uncomfortable about how I reviewed the first of their two albums, this, this, these their albums, because um, I think yeah, you were an idiot. I, I didn't dislike it. I just said I didn't think it was that impressive. And I think on, on reflection, it's a lot more impressive. And this, that, this, I would still say, is way better than that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, and most uh, people I've heard have, have sort of echoed that. But um, although one or two have suggested it wasn't quite neat, de- uh, deep cuts, didn't feel it like worked as well as the first one, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, he likes anyway. Oxbow, so. Um... <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, it was it was. I feel like I'm I'm pleased we got another chance to go with this band, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very pleased we got into it. And it was my pick as well. Well done, mate. mate well done, Matt. Did you, did you um, hear the first album, Matt? Yeah, so I, I'd heard the first album um, because I've been listening to you guys uh, review it, but I couldn't actually remember what you guys thought about it. Um, but I remember liking it, um, and it, but it was a bit uneven. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah. I, there's not much more I can add to what you guys have said. This is the album I've listened to more than anything else this year. Really? And wow. yeah, and for a protest album, I can't think of a better one in maybe the past five years. I, d- I wouldn't. Wow. <laughs> think sure. Well, <laughs> well, he's yeah. He's just coughing no, anyway. Not for me. He's not, he's not being sarcastic. <laughs> Not for me, not no. for me. No, it's a contender. Um, it's, it's, almost, it's as good yeah. as that album. It is as good as that album. Um, and yeah, you guys have hit all the points. It's yeah, it's fantastic. The the uh, the way it starts. Yeah, it's, they just seem so confident and like really up for the fight. I mean, that's how uh, they performed as well. Like the way they came out was just like smasher in the face. It's just they know what they're doing now and they knew how yeah. to. Work with the audience, it, also, was, it was incredible. I also absolutely love, and I've seen a load of their live stuff on on YouTube and stuff now. And I love how um, non-macho they are, even though they're so loud and kind of aggressive in tone. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. But I notice they come out on stage sometimes and actually like kiss each other on the lips as they yeah. come out. You know, and it's just an amazing yeah. gesture of like peace. And you know, I just I just love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, yeah. yeah. And uh, well, yeah, I've I've also gone gone deep and watched tons of their videos, and I love that the guitarist is always wearing his tighty whities yeah. and he's. <laughs> He doesn't care about what he looks like. It's yeah. just like, fuck it, we're and here all to... All members of the band look nothing like any other member of the band. No. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. a complete ramshackle collection of people, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Well, we're going to have to be really careful with our um, album of the year episode that we'll be doing sort of January, February time because we can't all pick. Nice. Right? <laughs> It'll yes. be a very short podcast, so, um, yes. you know. Right. We'll see. See, there's still time. There's still, there's still time. time. I, need to, I need to reflect as well, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah um but yeah uh really yeah it's a good band taking a step forward and that's uh like really a big step forward creatively so kudos to them it's yeah yeah, absolutely i enjoyed it a lot good stuff right next um nick i'm gonna ask you a question which album seemed the most restrained Okay, um, I'm going to give this one to blood orange uh negro swan um I have a kind of complicated reaction to this album. First of all, I'll just say to anyone who doesn't know that I've been a big fan of Beetle Blood Orange before, and in fact, previous iterations of what he's done as well, Test Icicles and then Lightspeed Champion, I've always been a big fan. Um, So I don't come into it feeling totally objective. Um, But I think um, 
the album still holds up very well to um to kind of me trying to be as critical as possible i think i think it's very politically astute it's another kind of collage album which i loved um i love the fact that it was kind of had all these intercut elements of conversation in, in on the street or with like sounded like with academics and stuff about various topics around the, the themes of the album as a whole um so but but when i say i mean in terms of the restrained thing um i think it's just very delicate a lot of the time um and i think that's uh interesting given how politically charged some of the stuff it's trying to get mm. into is you know i think that worked really well um so there are various lots of the album i absolutely love there is however one huge scratch in the record i think i know what you're gonna say okay well you'll yeah see okay. minute, won't you? um yeah. i absolutely hated one of the singles the single chewing gum oh, which no. was the original no. single i think first one that came out for the album i hated it i just think it's the worst song he's ever put out and the feature on it asap rocky is the feature on it um yeah just does something completely out of place for what anything the blood orange has ever done before in the sense that it's just a completely to me from my, my perception it was just a completely sort of line of misogynistic cliches really in what mm. he was talking about and it just sounded really really tired and just not of, of the style and the freshness of what um dev Hines, his name is, has been able to do in the past um, also, I thought that actually, not just that musically, the, the beat was actually quite weak as well, honestly. Uh, and even yeah. the video for this, funnily enough, I saw the video for it as well. I didn't even like the video. So it's just like <laughs> a whole, the whole gamut of everything about it is, is just poor. Um, but that was actually, unfortunately for me, the first at song from the album I came across. Um, I saw it on a TV, an American late night TV show performance. I don't know who, who it was now. I can't remember which one. Um, and uh, I just thought immediately, this is just really going off the rails. But thankfully, the album otherwise... Um, does really really well the weakest element of the album i would say and across all the blood orange albums though is still the structure of his beats i would say um mm. they seem often quite stilted and um as if it's not really his i mean he's a multi-instrumentalist in many many levels and he's a fantastic singer and all this but he's just not really a creator of beats in the same way and i don't think that kind of that's apparent at certain points but there are some there, there's still lots of great things in that in the rhythm of the beast but just it's not quite up to the power of the rest of it so yeah generally um i, I really liked it with that with that caveat what yeah. does anyone else think uh, um i, I, I can dive in yeah. yeah yeah um so i've also been following dev Hines for a long time i was massively into test icicles yeah and um, and then lightspeed Champ- champion came along and i was like well this is quite different but I'm still on board and it's I've still with him but consistently what I for me what I find his weaknesses is um the ability to focus on an album and Ah. kind of get the 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 reins on it to draw it into something that's a bit smaller (laughs) because they're often 15 tracks long yeah they just Um, do long, long pieces of work yeah definitely and it because of his style it often kind of it meanders through the album and it doesn't ever really feel like there's any conviction about the piece as a whole wow um, statement and but i i always like love listening to his albums but i always end up dropping the album more and then end up listening to specific tracks which i don't want to do because that's not necessarily how 
he intends it, but that's or how Piggy Bastards works. So. Yeah, or how we work here. Yeah. But it's not permitted. Fran is making it clear. <laughs> that is often what happens for me with with him. Um, like, um, but some of the tracks on on this are fantastic. Um, but it's just yeah, it's there are parts where it just I feel like it loses way or it just like it becomes I zone out because I it's not it's not getting me to listen to it. I'll just, I'll just interject and say I, I understand what, what you're saying I think to some extent about the way when you talk about meandering I think that's quite interesting but to me I actually love the way I drift in and out and I, I think you're right though if somebody was to say to me which in most cases they say to me which song are we on right now I don't know I'd know I feel like it's mm, one long yeah. one long sort of stream of, of stuff you know and intercut little collage pieces you know so I don't have a problem with that personally but I, I see what you're saying anyway I'm just just points just saying yeah 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 and I, I get that that also yeah that resonates like I do, yeah. I think I enjoy listening to the album as a whole. It's just sometimes I want to be able to, I don't know, walk away from it and say, like, this is what this was about mm. as a whole. And sometimes it's a struggle because by the end, I'm just like, it's washed over me a bit. Right. Um, but that said, like, um, Saint, I could listen to all day, every day. Mm. I I thought that was... Such, such, a, such a good song. Um, but it's also, again, it's almost a symptom because there's so many layers in it. There's so much stuff going on in it. And it's, again, I think a lack of focus. So that's hmm. kind of where I ended up falling with it. Okay. I think it's maybe unfair because of what else it was, what else was on the playlist as well. Yeah. Because um, it was directly before Idols. And so <laughs> <laughs> that is very direct. And you know what exactly what it's going to be about. Yeah, and so I think maybe it felt a little bit victim to that. Yeah, I felt I think that's a good place for me to cut in if you don't mind. Yeah. because yeah. my kind it. of first point is that I felt almost sorry for this album landing in the middle of a playlist that I, I mean, I'm not going to go into too much about what I think about everything, but an album, a playlist that I really, really enjoyed in general. Um, I feel like on other lists, like the last list we did, this would have stood out a lot more and I would have spent a lot more time with it. But because um, obviously it focused on a lot of themes that I'm really interested into and it should be like the kind of thing I like, but Although it's got a lot of positive elements, it largely washed over me, really. Um, Nick, you mentioned, like, the collage albums, and for me this felt a little bit like a second-rate version of, like, Solange's Seat at the Table. Um, and I don't yes, want to go too hard on this Solange album. before, you know that, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he did produce the previous album, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to be too harsh on it, because, it, you know, I didn't hate it, I didn't dislike it at all, but um, I think it's quite an admirable idea, but it was kind of missing a, a musical pull for me, and that's maybe ties into what you were saying about the beats. Um I quite enjoyed Nappy Wonder and Holy Will, um, but I just want to say there's one really negative thing I'm going to say, and it's a bit like Nick's, but it's a different song. Um, yeah. This album just reminded me again how fucking shit Diddy is. Like, why does Diddy? <laughs> why does Diddy even exist? Um, it's for me. Hope the song that he features on is the only really bad song on this album. All he does, like all he ever does, all he did on Biggie, all he did on his own albums, is say "Yo" over and over again, and then repeat the title of the fucking song. He just keeps saying, "I give you hope, I give you hope, yo, yo, yo," and he's just fucking shit. So, I think so maybe in general, he said Rocky feature wasn't a problem for you then. Um, I mean, it didn't stand out as much as that okay. one because I already, I already hate Diddy. So yeah, yeah. Um, I do know <laughs> you, the misogynistic lines did stick out to me, but 
I think maybe that's a problem across the whole lot. I don't, I don't think the features were so that well in general, yeah. and I think that was a problem. Um, I mean, the features are a problem rather than the misogynistic language, because I don't. Well, it's really jarring to me. Blood Orange doesn't yeah. do that kind of stuff. It hasn't. No, 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 no. no. Way, and it's just out, out, completely out of place. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah. to labour the point. And I feel like saying yo 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 is just completely out of place as well. So. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. All right. So well, that's, that's well, that was that next. Um, sorry. How about? And you can tell me what you like least on the uh, list. Well, I liked um, Negro uh, Blood Orange least, so we kind of we passed uh... that by. Um, what I could do if the, is because I've just spoken about yeah. how much I idols, but yeah. I'm still not 100% sure if that is my favourite on the oh, playlist. Oh. There's two that yeah. I absolutely loved. Yeah, go um, for it. So you're going to get a bit bored of my positivity on this podcast. Because yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not like me. Everyone's in but, shock um, you're being positive at all, okay? so don't worry about it. <laughs> But like I absolutely adored the Big Red Machine, Big Red Machine album, um, which oh, is self-titled nice. Big Red Machine. Um, so it's Justin. For anyone who doesn't know, it's Justin Vernon as in Bonnebear, and it's Aaron Dessner from uh, The National. But I think it it took bits of what both of them do, um, and it blend, blended them together to make something really original and unique. It was nearly the other choice for my, um, you know, the one that gave me the most emotional release because I think it's a really emotional album, and rarely for these artists. That, that is quite often like a joyful, abandoned type of motion, which is just not really in their armory usually. So I think they really let go on this album and that really works for them. Um, Gratitude, the second song, um, is, a, a, like Danny Delco, one of my favourite songs of the year, definitely. Uh, I think it's completely euphoric. Um, and then there's a few of us that are really euphoric, because I won't run from it, Melt, Airstrip. Um, and then there's a couple that are more close, you know, closer to what Bonnevere usually do, like Forest Green and OMDB. Um, but yeah, in both, in general, I thought it was all great, apart from maybe that hymnostic song I wasn't a big fan of. But um, it's really nice to see a collaborative album work really well. And for me, it's another potential album of the year. So there you go. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Go for it, Nick. Okay. Um, yeah, the album... Um... The album grew on me. I'll put it that way. My initial reaction was not <laughs> that favourable, really. Um, yep. And I think it took me a while to work out what the problem was, actually, because um, I thought it was fairly... there is no problem. <laughs> I thought it was fairly um, clever and interesting sort of song construction. But I want to say something which I'm glad Fran's not in the room right now. Um, I've just <laughs> really realised that I just don't like Justin... Is it Justin Vernon? I just don't like yeah. his songwriting to sing in style i just don't i don't like bon Iver, i just realized i just made this revelation you <laughs> mate you've known that for ages no. every time we've talked about bon Iver, you're like mm, they weren't very good after that song or, mm. <laughs> even though you try oh, and copy an, them with a few of the songs on your album and then admit to that an so. amazing that's an amazing impression of me thanks very much it's just like um yeah i i don't think i realized that i really came home to me that there's there's Anytime he's involved, I'm immediately sort of feeling frustrated because his song, his singing style, it, the falsetto is too forced. It, it just gets irritating. Um, Jealousy does not suit you. <laughs> um, and so the the you know the, the other elements of the band, uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name either. I'm afraid. Sorry. Aaron um, Dessner from Aaron the National. Dessner, yeah, I know he's from the National. Yeah. Um, I thought he he provided some sort of fresh <laughs> and stuff, sort of interesting stuff to it, and I did like uh, OMDB. Um, I actually think Gratitude is one of my least favourite songs on the album because it was so <laughs> Bonnevere-like to me. Um, it wasn't like Bonnevere. It was vocally. I think it, I think it was vocally. Well, yeah, because it was Justin Vernon singing. There you go, then. There's the problem right yeah. there. 
Yeah. Um, I have to say, um, God, I'm really restraining myself. I, I feel like... Don't restrain yourself. He sounds like... I, I, it came to me that he sounds to me like a modern 21st century Enya. <laughs> because you're he's a, so... You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> because he's so, like, syrupy, like, just sort of trellalaring through things it just gets so grating it gets so grating and um there's no sort of grit behind it and it just oh it just got to me really got to me i'm saying that in the context of the album over time because of the the fresh stuff that was in things like omdb improved and i sort of did get through it a few times i don't think i'll go back to it um but bon you're looking forward to hearing not... on vinyl when you come to my house next week. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i can be there next week actually sorry i just realized um no it's yeah. not gonna happen now <laughs> Um, yeah, no. So just Bonnevere's involvement is is a problem uh, from the start, and it didn't really get past that for me. Sorry, not fair that enough. sorry, but slightly sorry. That's, yeah, fair enough. That was good. Um, so I actually do like Bonnevere quite a lot. <laughs> uh, I was obsessed with the, his last album. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It was, that was my least favorite of his albums, but that's I, was, I still yeah. I still liked it a lot. It was, yeah, it was fantastic. And I really liked the direction he's going in. But to me, this felt like an extension of Bon Iver and potential, like, a next uh, album from him. Mm. And because it was very, I mean, to me, it was a lot of it was quite similar to 22 A Million. And then it had... But there's this, not like, as much sort of, I don't think there's as much sort of euphoria in, 20, in 22 A Million. I think it's a lot more slow yeah. sort of... Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like he needs to do less euphoria though. He does too much goddamn euphoria. It's all he barely does any euphoria. Most like, of oh, it's really he's miserable. Oh, it's just even when he's yeah. happy, totally, it sounds I'm pretty about. sad. Tonally, tonally. So he's tonally uh, euphoric. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Matt. Carry on. No, it's all right. Um, I I like the album a lot, and um, but I wasn't. I definitely wasn't obsessed with it. it I I think I'm falling somewhere between you guys. Yeah. Um Like the the times where. It, connected most with me would be when I had nothing to do and I would <laughs> put my head like put my headphones on and then just go walk and have yeah. have it on. And I think it's a perfect album for kind of that. Nick doesn't aimless. walk, so that could be the problem. That's why Nick doesn't <laughs> yeah. like it. He never walks. I walk all the time. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And so I think like the sprawling nature of the album because I think it's quite like expansive and yeah. it's it roams. In a way, like I tried also doing this with Blood Orange because um, I often find music really like resonates when I try like mm. do uh, do that. And Blood Orange just kind of fell at the wayside a little bit. But this this um, kind of I really connected to in those moments. Um, you me with your words right but, now. Really, Blood Orange is mm-hmm. so much stronger album than Blood Red Machine. No, oh no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. And the, well, the, the other big thing with this is it's like it's very even quality wise. I think all of the tracks I enjoyed listening to. Yeah. There wasn't really there wasn't they didn't really drop the ball, which in case of Blood Orange, like they never a lot the of it was. Off. Well, no, it's that, like I <laughs> no, said, some of the some of the, some <laughs> of the tracks. Don't believe that. No, you don't believe that, friend. So don't give me that. <laughs> yo yo yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting that this is the fruition, like fruition of like a ten-year project. Because mm. it does Yeah, so you know about the project, do you? Because I thought that was quite interesting when you said about it being like a roaming album. Because they're doing like the People Project, which is a big sort of streaming service where people can 
you know, put works in progress on. And this was kind of the first album to be released as part of that project. So it did feel like some of it's like, like you say, like it's roaming. It's still, it's still sort of in flux, if you know what I mean, which I thought was really yeah. interesting, actually. Yeah, I, yeah, I would be really interested to see what happens next with it, like them as collaborators, and they, especially as they invite more people in to work with them. Yeah, because I think that's got the potential to do some really interesting things. And I just think now that it was almost like they played it a little bit safe, mm-hmm. um, but I still, it was still, it was a good album. <laughs> it was very, it's still good. Wow, absolutely, <laughs> that. absolutely good. Yeah. That could be. That'll be the uh, the thing on the sleeve to sell it. Yeah. It's so yeah, good. just good. It's one hundred percent good. Yeah, we, yeah, we put. It doesn't deserve an exclamation mark either. It's just deserves two. No, no I, don't, I hate not. exclamation marks, but I would give this two exclamation marks. Two and a star. And a star. Um, and a, little, a little boat or something. Fair enough. Okay. Well, yeah. speaking of good, shall we do sugar cubes? Life's too good. Go for okay. it. Do you want to start? Nice segue. Sure. Like it. Sure. Um, so yeah, this is the, I can't remember when this was released. Is that like uh, early nineties? Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay. Yes. A bit earlier than early nineties. Um, and so this is uh, obviously um, Bjork's one of Bjork's first bands. Um, so it's, they're all from Iceland uh, in the Reykjavik uh, post punk scene. Um, and I had heard I think Birthday like once before because it was a massive single for them from this and that from i think guess what brought bjork to the attention of the kind of the rest of well, you the... weren't born yeah i wasn't born mm. music music kind of assists <laughs> that's what, beyond, that's what it recording was is fran yeah that's why you said it was a massive <laughs> single i was like but, but you were not even in the no. womb were you no <laughs> well i i can still read yeah all right fair enough dr <laughs> dr matt yeah, he scored you there, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. True, true. I'll let you off. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And what I, I think enjoyed most about it, which I wasn't really expecting, was it was kind of the kind of the fun side of post-punk. It wasn't, oh, let's all be really sad and, and be like Joy Division, who I also love. But it was more the, the kind of playful aspect, which I wasn't necessarily expecting considering it's, some of Bjork's music can also be quite morose or like dark. And this was dark in, in moments, but the kind of interplay between her and the uh, male uh, spoken word guy um, reminded me more of like the B-52s. Mm. And I, I, enjoyed the B- I enjoyed the B-52s a lot. I only know they're like, um, you know, the really famous or is it? They they are the ones who did like Love Shack or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they did Love yeah. Shack. Um, That's all I know. That's all I know. So that's not my favorite. Rock Lobster. Yeah. Yes, the massive hits. The yeah. So I think I think without that kind of interplay between the the two the two of them, it would have been a bit more straightforward, but I think less likable because I think that added a bit of like fun fun elements to it. And because it, I think the music by itself is, you can see elements like, especially in like birthday, they have um, like chimes or I don't know what they're, what they're called, but they sound pretty much like they're taken straight from uh, atmosphere and joy division. Uh, right. But then, but then they're put in a much more fun. And like in the other songs, it sounds like some certain elements are from like the cure, but then. Yeah. Yeah. I picked up on the cure. Yeah. 
Yeah, but then like the way they sing and the way they do it is just kind of completely changes the tone of the music. Mm. Um, and so all in all, yeah, I thought the album's a bit weird. And <laughs> it's a little bit dated, but it's really enjoyable. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to be rushing back to listen to it, but I had fun with it for the past, I guess, month and a half. Well, I'm really surprised to say that I absolutely love this album as well. I thought it was, uh, you know, for something, you've just said it was dated, but for something that's uh, 30 years old, it, it sounds really fresh to me and doesn't seem to have suffered from the dating we, we talk about a lot. No. Um, I really liked hearing Bjork's voice over something that's a bit more accessible than a lot of the stuff she does <laughs> nowadays, because, you know, we've we've... The albums that I've listened to before by her, like Biophilia and stuff, like I, I really need to be in a mood for that album. Whereas this, I I enjoyed it every time I heard it. Um, you mentioned Birthday, I thought that was great. Um, I really liked Delicious Demon, which for me sounded like yeah. it was the Talking Heads featuring Bjork. I was like, yeah, yeah really yeah. into that track. I thought that was great. Uh, and my favourite was uh, Sick for Toys, which was fucking disturbing and weird, but um, <laughs> bizarre, uh, just brilliant. So yeah, a really fun, enjoyable album. And I'd say, other than Biggie and Nas is probably my favourite classic album that we've done. Um, Picky nice. Bastards. Huh. Really loved it. Really liked it. Okay. So I was in a good mood this month, people, you know. You were? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Until I said that about Bon Iver, then you're not. No, because I just know you're wrong. It doesn't upset me when you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can be wrong all you want. Okay, good. I'll enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, okay. I um, I thought this album was all right. I, um, I wasn't that moved by it, really, because um, one thing was Bjork's voice which I do like a lot of Bjork stuff, but her voice is so distinctive that it was a bit hard to hear past it to the musical basis of the songs sometimes. I just felt like it was a lot of... I mean, this is not their fault. This is really just the the power of what she's got vocally. It's just it's kind of overwhelmed the musical side of it a little bit more, the other instrumentation. Um, so I felt like I, I wasn't really tuning in as much as, I, as I, much as I tried to into what the Sugar Cubes as a band were doing, you know? Mm. Um, so that became yeah. that became kind of a challenge. Um, I think the fact that you just said 88 actually is quite interesting to me because the released in 1988, because um, I actually would have put it a little bit later than that. So in a sense, having thinking of it coming out in 88 actually seems to make it very sort of fresh for yeah. that time, you know, like yeah, ahead, ahead yeah, of the yeah, curve yeah. of that time. Because I think if you'd said 93, 94... 95 it would have, I would still believed you you know so that's that's to its credit um and you know and generally I, I did I didn't sort of enjoy it I don't know that I'll rush back to it really it was fine I, I wasn't that moved by it but I will say that I thought the production um of things like the drums and that were, were still um were quite hard to hear past that 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 sort of uh, late 80s sort of level of quality you know it sounded it sounded very much of that time and it sounded you like just said it sounded like it was from 95 no I, yeah I, that early 90s late 80s is still not present to now i'm saying it still sounds Fair. old to me i get you i get you so um and for example the drums and that <laughs> sound very small on it compared to the sabbath from last time even though the drums from the Sabbath was maybe 20 years earlier or 15 years earlier or something. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it was, it was the style of the time and it was, it was, it was a stylish kind of album and, and it fits with that. And uh, I enjoyed it, but I don't think I'll be turning back to it that often. Honestly, it was fine. Do you, do you think the drums needed to be big on this? Cause I, I felt like oh, it's, I, yeah. it's, I it was fine so. for them to, to lay around in the background for this. Um, I mean, it's okay for them to do that. That's, that's a musical choice. That's fine. I suppose in the context of what I said earlier about Bjork's voice being 
a huge sort of overwhelming element. Yeah. If the drums are, sound a bit on the small side, then it sounds that only underlines that problem for me. That it yeah, yeah. Even when you've got a voice like band. Bjorks, but that's only from the, when we look back at it, I think, because if you've yeah. got at the time when you know, I think I read about it, they'd had one band before, and then um, they got this band together. But it was meant to be more like a fun version of what they had before. And I think right. at this time, like Bjorks, obviously their biggest tool is Bjorks' voice. So yes. I mean, yeah. it's kind of not surprising that it's that's inevitable. what dominates. And I think, and, and you know, and it's not as if her talent isn't worth uh, going off and doing those other things. And you know, and this is a way of indicating that that's the case. That she's mm. clearly the thing that stands out. All I'm saying is, on its own, um, there's one element that sort of leaps out at you over the other elements, and mm. things like the production on the drums don't don't help to even that out. That's what I'm saying. But I don't hate it. It was fine. But I'm not that. I'm not that moved by it. Yeah. So cool. Enough. All right, we have one more left. Yes. Uh, U.S. girls. Yes. Yeah. Who wants to dive in? Uh, maybe who went first? Uh-huh. Yeah, I went first. Yeah, I went first. Do you want me to go? Yeah, go, yeah, on. go for it. Okay. Um, so I think it's a weird comparison, but in some ways I want to compare it to Idols a little bit. Um, I found it. it's an album also fascinated with the modern era. And uh, although it's obviously packaged quite differently and put forward quite differently, I think it it does have some links. I think it also... You know, it's also very angry, but Idols kind of wears its anger on its sleeve while US Girls sort of hides it a little bit with a sort of danceable pop tunes. Um, and I also think its focus, its anger is a bit more focused on Idols. It's a quite feminist album and it's pretty powerful for that, I think. Um, my favourite track was Pearly Gates, um, which is built around like the ridiculous notion of a woman getting to heaven and being judged by a load of men over whether she's, uh, you know, whether she's worthy of coming into heaven. And I think they're kind of trying to talk about, you know, the, some certain administrations we see in the world now that are telling women what they're worthy of and what they can do with their bodies and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Velvet to Sale, which is a kind of song about domestic abuse, but it's turned into a, like, really dark revenge tale. And then what I found really interesting was it's MAH, which was Mad as Hell, which uh, I don't know if I ever picked up on this, but apparently it's a song about her disappointment with Obama's eight years in power and like how he hid his more less liberal deeds behind like his charm and his smile and stuff. So I found found that really interesting. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. No, yeah, yeah. Like... Listen, listen again. You'll hear like the eight years stuff, lots of about eight years, yeah, and you yeah. can hear what she's talking about when you know. But it, it is it's quite a, it's that it's not a obvious what she's talking about a lot of the time on this album. But I mean, because I knew that I kind of read into the lyrics a bit and um mm. but yeah again I think it's really political but it's also quite a joy to listen to so um now I've seen a few people pick that this is their album of the year it wouldn't quite make it up for me but I do think it's really really strong so you know I think we've done remarkably well this playlist for me anyway mm. so okay <laughs> um, thank you people for choosing these amazing albums yeah <laughs> although uh, I picked this one uh yeah so I'll go in I, I guess um, yeah yeah uh, I, I liked the album and I liked it even though it had a sort of danceable underlying sort of drive that is not something I'm that interested in really musically. I think it still it still worked. Um MAH is it? Is it MAH, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Is is one that I um is one that I was kind of won over to, even though it was sounded a lot like kind of an ABBA tune. Mm. Um, but with a political underpinning, evidently, from what you're saying. And I could see that yeah. there was going to be that kind of thing in the tone of a lot of the songs on the album. So, um, so yeah, I liked it. I mean, it, for me to 
I'm not an ABBA fan, so for me to to get into a song <laughs> like that is uh, yeah, exactly. That's staggering. It wasn't an ABBA song, but I know. Yeah. But I'm just I get saying, what for saying. it to be that kind of thing, I, I yeah. uh, and still for me to be into it at all is you know shows that it's done something pretty successfully. Um, I liked. Um, is there one incidental boogie? I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was uh, quite into that as well. I thought that was probably one of the strongest songs on the album. Um, so yeah, it, it had these kind. Of, it was a little bit slightly darker, overtly darker. Um, with this, this kind of like little sort of bursts of, of energy coming cutting through. I do think the Idols Association is, is valid. Um, mm. It's a different way of approaching the same problem, isn't it, of, of what's going yeah, on yeah. in the world at the moment. So uh, I was going to mention that as well. So, yeah, I um, I don't know that it's an album... So, well, it wouldn't be in my albums of the year, um, and I don't know that I'll go back to it a hell of a lot, but I think it's something I'll, I'll probably come across again. It was I, I can see the appeal of it, and I think there's there's quite a lot of depth to it, hidden depths, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is one that I'm glad in a way we had, like, because obviously we had some delays filming, um, recording this podcast. And I think a couple of the albums, actually, I might not have been as into. Both Idols and this were kind of, I, lo- I really liked them. But then in the last couple of weeks, they've grown on me again. And right. I think I might have been a bit more miserable if we'd, if we'd recorded on the mm-hmm. day we were supposed to. So, you know, your fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I agree with that. Although Idols grabbed me straight away, this mm. would have been maybe languishing near the bottom of the albums mm. of, for me um but after a couple of extra weeks it's i think it's my second favorite nice really it's uh yeah it's i thought it was it was really like you you guys have talked kind of about the uh the messages behind it and i think it was really interesting to see the, yeah, the way that the different ways of approaching it mm. and then um although a lot of it is quite like danceable the different styles of kind of pop music that she used. Yeah. It was very diverse and I, I enjoyed every, every time she tried something new, I think she was successful. And um, from where, whether the song sounded more kind of like the ABBA aspects of, of pop to more, there was some like Pearly Gates is more nineties R and B. I kind of, I felt like. Pearly Gates is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's really, yeah. really great. And then um, I actually, I also, between Pearly Gates and, and Rage of uh, Plastic were my favourites. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because I thought that had um, almost uh, David Bowie-like elements to it, the way that the backing vocals and the saxophone were coming in. Um, I can certainly see Bowie influence on this album, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so she's aping all the right people, I think, and yeah. doing something still her own and unique and... It's yeah, it was great, and like the finishing track of having an eight-minute song to finish the finish the album, mm-hmm. but only having two minutes of singing, and yeah. then just allow allowing the kind of instruments to the mu- music to just take take you out. I think shows that she was kind of really happy and confident with what, and like she knows exactly what she was doing with this album. And yeah, yeah. I I think I had never listened to her before, and I'm definitely definitely gonna continue following her after yeah this. i mean i've read quite a bit about her again and just to hear apparently this is like before it's all always been very sort of idiosyncratic and quite quiet stuff that she's done and this is, apparently this is a massive departure for her so it's saying um, what the other stuff will be like i don't know but it's apparently yeah. very different to this um still political and still quite feminist and whatever but it's um it's the you know sonically it's very different apparently so we're interested to listen definitely yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if she stays on this track. Or mm. I haven't listened to any of the other stuff, so maybe I should 
go and see how yeah, yeah. it is. Did you even you see a sort of linkage to um, everything, everything at all? Um, Thematically, resounding, no. I, no, I can see what you're saying. I didn't, it didn't really occur to me, but I see what you're saying. I mean, it, that they have quite a political bent that's kind of hidden behind a lot of danceable music. So in yeah. broad terms, yeah, I see that. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't compare the odyssey of the way everything, everything creates songs though. I feel like they're, they're a bit more off the beaten path with the way they create the tracks. Yeah. yeah I, just, I, I prefer them, but yeah, I see what I you're saying. I just find the sort of all dark elements that you could, you could really dance to and stuff is quite a, and obviously that's becoming more of a common thing. I think you could say that yeah. about Nadine Shaw and some of the songs, but it's, um, it's just, I saw that. I did think about that link quite a lot. I mean, I probably prefer this slightly to everything, everything, but I, I wow. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Insane. But never mind. I think, there was no songs parallels... that sounded like Muse, so... Yeah, well, no, there weren't everything, everything either, so yeah. I agree with you. I think the parallels are stronger with uh, Metronomy, um, as opposed to everything else. I don't everything. know them that well, to be honest. No, but... I don't either. Mm. We might visit them at some point in the future. Okay, okay. right. Um, um, anyway, so I guess now we're going to talk so a little bit about we, LCD. Are we in agreement before we get into that, though, that before we get into LCD Sound System, oh, that oh, this yeah. is... Uh, are the best, the better of, of a playlist as as a whole than the previous one. I know what Fran's going to say to that because oh he hated the last <laughs> well, one. My, my yeah, favorite I, playlist that we've done this one. Yeah, I think I would put this as. I struggle to remember what we talk about. To be honest, <laughs> but this is by by far like one. It will be one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Yeah, I and I actually enjoyed every every single album to a certain extent. And some somehow of I remember all the ones before fantastic. you even joined us, Matt. Like. Um, and we've done, you know, twice as many episodes. So, but I remember yeah. this is still the best playlist we've done. I think personally, I've all yeah. Wow. wow. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. I th- I thought it was great as well. And and um, I got something out of every every one of them. Basically, yeah, I would say that. And um, uh, but yeah, I, I the the Idols album towered above all the others. That's the only thing to me. Yeah. So there was like, you know, it was kind of one album playlist with a load of follow ups that were good as well. I'm not going to fight it. It's, it's amazing. I mean, there was ones that were close to it to me, but it is, it's absolutely amazing. So, yeah. All right, so sorry I cut you off Ooh. there, Matt. What do you want to do? No, no, no. System? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, so um, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, their background, and then I'll tell you why why I love them so much. Um, okay. So they've been a band from – been around since the early 2000s, although uh, James Murphy and the rest of the band have been – hanging around New York and they established a record label and um, before that uh, mostly as uh, DJs um, but then um, they came together for the, the self, self-titled album and pretty much every single al- album subsequently has been kind of critically acclaimed and gone down gone down really really well and they've kind of developed this uh, they have this uh, following um, and their the music I feel like and the, the way they approach it is very much partnered with their um, the fact that they're from New York. The the fact that the band is a New York band and it's, it's really woven into their uh, their DNA. Um, and they end up singing a lot about New York as well, or life in New York. And so that, unsurprisingly, as someone who lives in New York, a lot of that um, resonates with me. Um, but I've been into them from before that as well. Um, I think uh, there's a really interesting story about them, about how they broke up, because a lot of people think they broke up just to sell out Madison Square Garden after their third album, <laughs> um, which which could be true. 
Um, but he's also the James Murphy, who's the leader of the band, is also a control freak, and mm. he's obsessed with this idea of having the correct arc of the band, and so finishing before the band becomes obsolete. Right. And so their third album had been one of the most successful they'd had, and so then they were able to like book Madison Square Garden, and they did this crazy four-hour gig there. And so finishing after that, I guess to me. From the outside, it also seems like an appropriate time to finish. Yeah. Um, but then David Bowie inter- intervened and told him he should just <laughs> reform the band. Fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, because he what was. Did you say? He told him should, he uh, told James Murphy he should just reform the band. And uh-huh. um, yeah. because he was uh, going to be a producer uh, for Blackstar. And uh-huh. um, and so they were friends, and then he's. I guess he was sad and wanted to make music, but didn't know how to. And so David Bowie just said, go make your band again. Go and do it. And then they came back and they actually came back with it. I wouldn't say it's the strongest album, but it's a really good album. And Is that American Dream? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like that's a hard thing to do after a break. And mm. most bands that do come back don't convert, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but really for, for me... Um, I don't know. The, the I'm I'm just going to talk a little bit about all my friends because that's my favorite song ever made. Okay, um, nice. <laughs> it's like a poppy and fun song, but then since since I've kind of emigrated and and grown older and had like you have good and bad experiences, the lyrics have kind of gained more meaning, mm. um, and it resonates more and more. Um, and I think it also doesn't lose its place in time because I think it resonates more and more as people are like obsessed with um, not missing out on any activities or like what's going on and that people are like trapped on the digital side of like their life. And I think the the, the way he's talking about aging and um, trying to keep pace yeah, really... Um, kind of speaks to that that feeling and also the feeling of like losing actual real human contact as well but then also feeling like you are in contact with people um so yeah um i'd be really interested to see what you guys think of it because it is quite dancey and it's quite minimalistic in some some elements um and and the other thing i wanted to mention is really they're a live band, and so I don't think the playlist really does them justice. Um, but Have I tried to add much? a. Yeah, so I saw them once at Reading mm-hmm. after the first album, and then since they reformed, they did a. a, a they're basically on the the year they reformed, they ended up doing thirty days at a new, relatively small venue because nice. oh, wow. they've kind of swung the other way from after they've done Madison Square Gardens, they've done that. And they want yeah. to give people that's great, shows. Isn't it? that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And that's so, wow, they spread it over out out over a year, but they yeah they basically spent a month doing shows, and everyone was sold out. Remember your first episode? Actually, we asked you what your gig of the year was. That was what you chose, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. CD, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's a whole kind of going to see them. I'm not into spiritual side of things, but it's very transcendent. Everyone is happy and sad, and it feels very cleansing. 
it's very much like what they talk about with dance yourself clean it's um yeah great what do you guys think Fran, go for it. Me? Um, okay, well, I would absolutely love to have something negative to say, given it's been like a sickingly, sickeningly positive episode for me. Yeah. But I don't. I don't have anything negative to say. Uh, the only negative I have, actually, is that I feel like an idiot for not giving them a chance earlier. Um, I think there's a line in there's a line in Losing My Edge when he says something about the first person to play Daft Punk to the Rock Kids, and um, that kind of summed up where they where they sort of sit for me like he's somewhere yeah. between being a dance uh, artist a dj and being a rock star and um and i think lyrically he's caught he's sort of he's very witty and dry but at times he has like a really emotional pull um my favorite track was uh, someone great um yeah. which is a really good example of that sort of emotional pull um i also really liked actually dance yourself clean is outstanding i think absolutely brilliant a great way to kick off the playlist because um one song that I'm not massive on is Daft Punk is playing at my house, which was the big single yeah. for them. And I think that's yeah. why I haven't spent a lot of time with them because I'd only really heard that song. Uh, so to start with Dance Yourself Clean um, was great because it just kind of made me realise that they weren't all just that. Um, yeah, I felt I also, obligated to put it on. Yeah, it, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. you've got to do it, haven't you? But yeah, I mean, I loved, I loved All My Friends, which you mentioned. I loved Home. I loved I Can Change. Um, yeah. Apart from Daft Punk's playing my hazard, I wasn't massive on New York, I Love You, um, which I think you're, I don't know, I imagine you love that song, seems you finished the playlist with it, so I apologise, but it wasn't. Yeah, I mostly finished it because they always finish their gigs with it. Right, okay, uh, okay. So I thought it was appropriate. Yeah. I just um, thought, I thought that one felt a little bit throwaway compared to some of the rest of the playlist, but overall, I, I yeah. was a massive fan, and, and I kind of want to know which album I should be I should be buying for myself, so tell me that, <laughs> which one, which one. It's impossible. Well, Say I want an well. answer. I want an answer. <laughs> if my favourite songs are Someone Great and Don't You Self Clean, does that are they on the same album? Um Hold on. Oh God. Someone Great and let me look. They're on the That's on Sound of Silver. On, yeah, and, and, um, and, and no, this is happening. They're on the two, two okay. different albums. Yeah. That's yeah, it. it's the second and no. second and third albums are where it peaks. Right, I'll buy them both. So okay. yeah, just get them both. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen to them both first. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no, he's just gonna buy them. He's just it's totally no, buying them. Yeah. Yeah. Playing vinyl, you know what I'm like. <laughs> so, okay, uh, let me jump in. I, um, yeah, I, I really generally enjoyed this, um, and I've really found it um, extremely addictive. Um, and I think what you've both said about the um, the sort of the Daft Punk is playing at my house sort of model of the, the that hit. I, I totally see why that's what's been sold as the band as a whole. Mm, um, yeah. And that's kind of unfortunate really, um, because that song is, is extremely addictive. Um, but it almost gets to the point. <clears throat> so it almost gets to the point where it's slightly grating, honestly, because it, just, it yeah. just loops around. Uh, it's just a little bit too staccato for me and a little bit too tight. But anyway, that's, that's to dwell on the negative just because there's been so much positivity in this, in this podcast in general. I know. Overall, yeah. <laughs> overall, I thought it was really, really great. Um, I don't know if there's any particular songs over the ones you've already mentioned, like All My Friends, um, someone great I was going to mention as well. Um, I thought it was just, uh, I thought it was somebody who seemed really in control of what they were doing. Like there was nothing sort of left to chance when you talked about him. But did you say something about him being control freak earlier or something? Did you think, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, yeah, that's he, not he surprising, like is it? Yeah, it seems like he really, really, um, and they, I assume, ha- have a, very very clear uh target they're aiming at and they and they seem to hit it you know so um yeah i i really enjoyed it i, I um i don't know that i i would 
necessarily buy my my selection of vinyl stuff is much smaller list than Franz. He buys everything on vinyl. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it and I will go back to it definitely. Yeah. And I and I would look to find an album. I would like to find an album, the album I could go from start to finish off because playlists yeah, are yeah. difficult in that sense, aren't they? You get you jumping around a lot, but even though I think it was a well put together one. Which is what's the album? Is it the set? This is happening. Is that what is that what we decided? I sound of silver or this is happening. Okay. Um, or American Dream or the self-titled <laughs> one. <laughs> they also have a uh, they have a 40, 45, 46 minute mix. Oh yeah. And um, which is also fantastic as well. <laughs> okay, great. That's very helpful. Thanks. Cheers, um, Matt. Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, This Is Happening just because that's the first one my eyes fell upon. I'm going to listen to that start to finish and um, just see how it works as an album to collectively because uh, that's my that's my sort of interest is, is to see what they do when they have that time yeah. to, to have, when you talk about the arc of the band and the arc of the album, you know. So, But yeah, overall, um, I loved it. So thank you very much. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make you tally something up now, right? Okay, so Someone Great Is On What Album. That is, oh, I don't know. No, this is going to take too long. I'll do it later. We'll do it later. Sound of Silver, that's on. Sound of Silver. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. It's on. This is happening. Home. Sound of. Home is on. This is happening. All my friends. All my friends on Sound of Silver. You got two and two. Yeah. (laughs) I can change. Uh, I can change. It's on. This is happening. Three, two, two. This is happening. This is happening. That's what I'm buying. All right. Wow. Very scientific process. I hope that was fun, listeners. Yeah, Yeah. it's fascinating. I'm sure. So, um, okay, I think we're, we, we're coming to the end then, are we? We just yeah, going to talk yeah, about yeah. next time. Um, yeah, next and, time and we, we promise to be much more abusive uh, next time because I feel like, you know, it's just not it's not going to work if, we, if we're actually friendly. Oh, it's nice yeah. today. It was, you know, it was like a big group hug. I've, I've been feeling really ill and uh, I needed that. So thank you, guys. I feel, <laughs> feel emotionally touched. That sounds wrong. Next. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wish you had said that. Next time we need to get angry first. Yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just call Nick a dick. Thanks. Yeah, you did do that this episode, that, didn't you? So, that yeah. makes me feel good, though. You're a dick, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Next time, next time. Matt, what have you got next yeah. time? So next time, I, I've uh, suggested Black Belt Eagle Scout with Mother of My Children and No Name with Room 25. And I have Nick? got Moses Somney's A Romanticism and Anna Calvi's Hunter. And uh, the classic what? next time will be Erica Badu's Baduism. Um, I was going to say what year it's from, but I've forgotten, so I'm not. And I will be telling you why I love Frightened Rabbit. And yeah, that's it. Cool. Okay. Right. Thanks very much. Thank you for Thanks joining everyone. us. Follow us on the, the playlist at bit.ly forward slash Picky Bastards playlist. Yeah, and Twitter and... at Picky Bastards. Yeah. Nice and I guess one. we'll see you next next time out. Cheers. It should, be, it should be within a month. <laughs> nice. <Yes>. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.